0: Maybe we can check it out together, see what Kita high has been up to.
1: Oh my gosh! It's happening! Everybody, it's happening! Oh, what's he gonna say? Our festival committee has it under control, so there's no need for that. Oh, come on!
2: It's Super Bowl weekend, and I, I, I yeah, and a lot of people about to game but I don't for uh, various petty reasons. Welcome listeners to the podcast ONA. Hello everybody.
3: Uh hello. Uh, everything's broken today.
0: I just today. heard a loud slam from my neighbors upstairs. Yeah, every social media is broken. They started recording and it's like it wasn't picking me up for some reason <laughs> and I'm still not sure why. So
2: yeah, yeah we totally didn't spend 10 minutes uh, trying to fix a very uh, minute Windows issue. <laughs>
0: Uh, Everything's kind of shaking the bed, right?
2: Everything's broken right now. Jesus Christ. It's one of those days. It has been one of those days. If you uh, were present on uh, uh, the great internet malfunction of Wednesday, that hopefully by the time this is up will be resolved, and uh, certain programs will actually work, because if they don't, I'm going to be very annoyed and uh, bothered.
0: We're gonna see we're we're just gonna do our best tonight. Everything's kinda shitting the bed. We're still here though. Yes. Yeah, and uh bit of a shame that it everything decided to just completely
2: shit itself. Literally minutes before this week's Nintendo Direct event happened.
0: Kinda of blown away that it's just so yeah, Twitter and YouTube today, it for reference, that is one of those was expected. The other was not.
2: Ugh. Yeah, it's uh, funny what happens when um, certain so-called geniuses decide to completely upend a very uh, stable API in favor of money. But <laughs> we're not the ones making a $200,000, 12-foot-wide, 8-foot-tall truck that everybody's going to hate because truck drivers are the worst fucking people on the planet. We have thoughts on these things. So, yeah, we're here to talk about anime. <laughs> yes, we are. And I have a, a, an especially specific bone to pick with you guys here. How dare none of you tell me that the dub for Cocky Love Lovers War is absolutely unhinged.
1: Hooray, I did that thing! Like love is war, and whoever gives their heart first is somehow conquered.
0: Hey, you get it? This is the title and the point of the whole story. I'm gonna be real. I've actually yet to fully watch it myself. On the partially on the grounds of a, I want to watch that with Steph for the first time, and we just haven't had time. B. May or may not do that as an episode, but it's one of the may not do that as a dub talk, but at this point it's like there are three seasons now. How do I actually approach this? <laughs> and the longer I the longer I don't start, the longer this becomes a problem.
3: Yeah, yeah, for me it was just a case of like I watched a couple of episodes and like it seemed fine, but I just like never got around to watching more of it. <laughs> I'm also behind on the show with Generals, so there's that. Yeah. Well I'm
2: fairly certain I can catch up to the whole show solely by out-of-context
0: dub clips on YouTube. I I would actually recommend just doing the whole dub itself, but you know what? I'm not going to stop you at this point. Don't
2: worry, it's in the pile with the other 200 things I have in the pile, and uh, if you want to know who I think is best girl, the answer is very simple. The narrator. Yeah, valid pick. Finally, somebody in a show like this who I can truly get behind, because the narrator is full of uh, snark and uh, possible insanity by trying to recount all these events. It is a
0: very different approach to the Japanese, obviously, but it is a, it is a very funny one, I will give it that. I absolutely appreciate
2: it, especially with the, how devoted to the craft Ian Sinclair is with the
0: role. Ian Sinclair truly is an unbelievably talented actor. I I hear he is more or less the new main character of Vinland Saga for this next part, and I'm actually pretty excited to see what he gets to do with that. That'll be fun.
2: Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, there's that. And um, uh, speaking of Kahiyosama, that movie is hitting theaters uh, this coming week, in which uh, you can probably see it in one or maybe two theaters in your entire gigantic city with a million people in it
0: because theaters have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Isn't that right, AMC? I, I think it's about half an hour away from me right now.
3: Uh where it. You know, I should check.
2: Yeah, for me, it's uh, in one of two theaters. It's at the uh, Regal, literally five minutes away from my house, and the AMC... At the big ol' outlet mall, 35 miles away from my house.
0: Okay, I'm actually not sure where where the nearest one near me is. Fun. Yeah. I may or may not just wait for them to hopefully put this movie up on streaming, and or should they just recut it for TV?
3: Yeah, uh, question:
0: Are there going to be dub screenings at all? Or no, 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 they're not. Oh, okay. All right, just they are Tuesday and Wednesday, which I admire the bit of them getting to play this on Valentine's Day, but it's also a Tuesday.
3: Yeah,
0: Tuesday. Yeah, those are days that do not work for me. So that's it is a Tuesday and a Wednesday only. So hoping there is another plan that I can watch this later because I'm actually probably not going to get around to this one. Well, you know how these theaters
2: have to be. They have to keep showing Avatar six times a day two
0: months in. I mean, like, it's whatever. It's just I'm, I'm more annoyed at the prospect of the good seats are now going to be more expensive. That is
2: going to fail spectacularly. It's just a pilot program, but it will fail spectacularly.
0: Mm-hmm. What Yeah, it's surely going to go very poorly.
2: Oh, hey, look at this. Titanic 25-year anniversary. Yeah, uh, Leo didn't deserve to die. He could have fit on the door. What the fuck were you thinking,
0: Jim? I'm trying to figure out where I take this next step. There is potential, (laughs) but I'm not quite sure what's the best foot forward.
1: Well,
2: while you think about that, I will tell everybody what we have on deck here. We have... He's
0: not going to be interested because 25 years is a little too old for him. Boom! Got it. Nailed <laughs> it. Oh, okay. Cool. Alright. Got that out of my system. Let's move on. That's your
2: one, Andrew. You don't get any more.
3: Okay. I mean, Grant Worthy, that actually was a rare good one. good one for him. All
2: Thank right. you, well, Chad. Well, I appreciate well, it. Well, anyway, uh, we have uh, things to talk about here. There was a Discotheque Day event that uh, it was meaty, as, as per usual. Uh, we have some dub discussions that we will uh, tiptoe around for various reasons. We'll and, get into it. Yes, and we have more Netflix talk, because Netflix is just uh, one of those companies that just does not know what the fuck they're doing with anything anymore, so much so that Reed Hastings decided, "Fuck this, I'm out. It's all yours now, Ted." Mm. And it hasn't been going well. But we'll get into all of that and more as we uh, begin. And um, yeah, and uh, since this is going, hopefully, going to be up before uh, the big game happens, here's my prediction: uh, Don't care, don't care. I hope the commercials don't suck, and Rihanna, please steal the show. So, like, are the M and M's getting canceled? No. Uh, it's a Super Bowl stunt. I mean, mm, the game is probably to something incredibly
3: stupid. It's
2: been obvious for weeks. I I know it's pretty
0: obvious. It's just, <laughs> what the
2: fuck I'm... Remember, there are very stupid people all around us, and some of them have jobs in Washington.
0: To me, the worst outcome is if they get fucking Tucker Carlson in on the joke. No. I don't think they will, but that... that They won't?
2: Because he is too dumb to get it. He and his band of fucking idiotic writers. God.
0: (sighs) There are idiots all around us, that's what we're trying to say. Speaking of idiots, I hope that they don't
1: how do I put this? Uh, by Justin Roiland, rip and piss.
0: The deeper it gets, the worse it looks. It just mm. yikes! So much of it really does just make sense in hindsight.
1: Yeah, it um, not great, Bob. Yeah. Anyways, uh, rip and piss.
2: Okay, we have have successfully wasted 10 minutes of everybody's time. Let's uh, get into the show proper, and we will start, as most things have been recently, with a revival of a project from many years ago. And, folks, you're going to want to sit down for this one. The greatest anime of 1997 is getting a second chance at life. That's right, folks. The most goaded anime of them all is coming back to us.
0: King of the Hill, boysos! Correct me if I'm wrong, but was there already- wasn't there already a King of the Hill revival? Or is it like an Edda and Eddie kind of deal where the later seasons just looked visually different? The later seasons just looked different. Got it, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, for those of you who don't remember, uh, King of the Hill, uh, the most uh, prestigious anime of them all, premiered all the way back in 1997 and lasted 13 seasons. Wow,
1: Yeah,
2: and since Fox is now a part of uh, Disney, and has been for a couple years,
0: uh, they need revivals. So Wait, so does that mean Bob's Burgers has now outlived King of the Hill? Not yet.
1: Okay.
2: Not yet. uh, Yes, we have gotten the word that there will be a King of the Hill uh, revival happening uh, from uh, 20th Television Animation, a subsidiary of Disney. For Hulu, Uh, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels are going to to return as executive producers alongside showrunner Saladin Patterson, who previously worked on ABC's The Wonder Years reboots. And it will include original cast members, Catherine A. Jimmy, Stephen Root, Pamela Adlin, Johnny Hardwick, and Lauren Tom. Do not ask about Luann and, and Lucky. Uh, they moved to
0: Montana or somewhere. The answer really, like, everyone's like, how do you do the show without Luann? And it's like, the answer really is just as simple as she just moved out of Texas.
2: Yep, because as we all know, uh, Brittany Murphy and Tom Petty are no longer with us.
0: Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I... I think this is cool, and this might even be really good, but I'm going to at least ape a comment off of uh, something I remember from Mike Toole saying, There is no longer a future, only an ever-repeating present.
2: Yeah, it's a bit hard to plan for the future when the present is drowning in debt and you need something to get eyeballs
0: in. And like uh, the gen, the general major media landscape really is just reboot the old things. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this isn't cool, and this probably, this might actually be pretty decent. But they've also already redone done new Futurama at Hulu already. So like 20th Century is doing a lot of work at Hulu right now. Well, again, Hulu is also a mostly uh, Disney property, so
2: it all ties together. It all really does come back together, don't it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And and yes, uh, reboots are everywhere. It has become very cyclical in a cynical nature. I mean, when CBS is putting together a reboot project for TV of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie True Lies with Van from Reba in it... I, I think we're starting to hit singularity. uh we've been hitting it for a while,
3: yeah, I'm grateful I I'm, I'm grateful for free passing data. There are probably too many varying factors that would prevent an and reboot from happening,
2: mostly because uh Tony Sampson doesn't do acting anymore he... uh
3: Tony Sampson doesn't do acting anymore, uh, you just can't do the Gaker scissors at all, so like it's never happening.
1: No. Speaking of
0: which, I, I saw a clip the other day. I, I, I seriously had never known about this before. That there was a uh, cut scene from the I'm Never Getting Old episode where, in it, Eddie is asking Antonucci to wake him up. And, uh-huh. like, they're all married to the Kankers and have, like, uh-huh. 30 kids. Yeah, that's not a very uh, hidden secret deleted scene. It's been around for. Quite a while. It's seriously the first I had ever seen or heard of it, so that kind of blew my mind, actually.
3: Yeah, it's one of those, yeah, it's kind of music. I'm also kind of glad it was an X-Wing episode. I,
0: I, I definitely think it was good that they took that specific element of it out. I'm just amazed: A, it exists, and B, like they were at least in their 70s at this point. I'm kind of impressed they all had the stamina for it at that point. Go to the corner, Andrew. Uh,
3: Yep, i I I've invoked dark allergy on this one. Uh, I don't think about any news to you.
0: Anyways, let's move on.
3: So we shall move on
2: with another addition to a story we've been following for months now. That Tokyo Olympics contracts uh, fraud scandal story.
0: God, just put, speaking of Ed, Eddie, just put that fucking clip of Ed going, dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole right here.
2: Uh, Yeah. So, it's been a while. We now have an update on this story. The latest update is officials from Dentsu, a major Japanese advertising firm who has a big hand in this whole uh, situation, have admitted to uh, prosecutors from the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office in a voluntary questioning That they rigged bids for contracts related to the Tokyo Olympics test events. And said officials also stated that they were not aware of the illegality of the bid rigging. I didn't know it was illegal. Well, I'm not a lawyer. I don't... Are all these people just really stupid and have no idea what they're doing? Because you're either really stupid or you're a liar.
0: I mean... Playing dumb is the only way they're going to get out of this with a less severe sentence. Because if they, if it comes out that they're lying,
1: that's going to look
0: pretty bad. Yep, it sure will.
2: And we have also heard of charges that prosecutors have laid out to uh, Hironori Aoki, Takahisa Aoki and Katahisa Ueda, all former executives of Aoki Holdings, who also has a big hand in this story, as they have been charged with giving... 28 million yen, or roughly $215,000 in bribes to, formi- to former uh, Tokyo Olympics committee member Haruyuki Takahashi, and prosecutors are seeking respective prison sentences of two and a half years, one and a half years, and one years for these three individuals, with the rulings taking place on April 21st. To go along with that, Takeshi Natsuno, president of Katakawa, stated that the company, quote, "...seriously betrayed public trust." and said it would strengthen oversight to prevent more wrongdoings in the future, which is to say, the next time they do this, they're going to try to not get caught. It's going to go
0: well. Mm-hmm. Very well. yeah, very well, I mean it's going very poorly. These people <laughs> are going to jail. Yeah, and I, there are some
2: details here that I don't think we went over that were included in this uh, piece uh, from the Manichi as aggregated by ANN. Uh, There were apparently 26 rigged open bids between May to August 2018 for the rights to plan 56 test events, with contracts totaling over 500 million yen, roughly 3.6 million U.S. dollars. And nine companies, including six that have been searched, won those bids. How very coincidental. Hmm, suspicious. Yeah, and the total value of these contracts for tests and actual events for the Olympics is roughly over 20 billion yen, or about 144 million U.S. dollars, and investigators are looking into possible collusion between the companies to decide in advance which companies would win
1: bids. This is going to keep getting worse. Holy shit. (sighs) Uh Uh-huh. As the saying goes,
2: the
0: more you fuck around, the more you're going to find out. We're going to keep finding out for a while. I don't even think we're close to rock bottom. Oh,
2: we got a ways to go. Because we can only get deeper. The sauce keeps getting more sauce. Well, may as well follow up one story about big business to another involving our favorite
0: company, Media Blasters. So this one's actually a pretty interesting conversation in general, but uh, there's at least some factors that I think are worth discussing about what led to it and why it's different now.
1: Yeah,
2: so, John Cirabella, the founder of Media Blasters, has been doing some uh, videos on his YouTube channel, sort of chronicling the history of the company. Uh, Remember, Media Blasters was founded by a lot of ex-Central Park media employees who got sick and tired of John O'Donnell's bullshit. Which is kind of a funny story in, in and of itself because uh, Central, Park, Central Park Media filed for bankruptcy in 2009 and Media
0: Blasters somehow still exists today. It, it really is absolutely incredible that. Uh, I, I, I was talking to Hardy earlier and he was joking to me that he wouldn't be a surprise if it literally is just John Cerebella just printing Blu rays in his garage at this point. <laughs> <sighs> Among other things. Yeah,
2: uh, recently. In one of his videos, uh, one of his most frequently received questions is this. Which of the titles acquired by Media Blasters performed the worst over the years? The answer was Galgai Gar, King of the Braves.
0: So, surprising, because this is a critically acclaimed popular title, but at the same time... I could see this being a situation where it was a very expensive license.
2: Yeah, apparently it was expensive because of how large it is. I think it's 46 episodes in that, in that range. And this was, I believe, in like 2005 or 2006, so uh, not early years. This was sort of on the tail end of the whole uh, DVD boom. There are quotes here. Uh, Sarah Bella called Gal Gygar a fan title for the elaborating. People loved Gal Gygar in The Office. It was really a favorite. It just didn't perform. We did sell some units, don't get me wrong. The hardcore people, don't let you down. They do buy it.
0: There just wasn't enough of them. I also remember hearing that this was, this originally got, this was dubbed by them, but I think they kind of canned the dub halfway through. Yes, they did. They got... I believe five
2: DVDs in five, five or maybe six. Actually, that's a, that's
0: a great segue to what I was going to mention that here's another thing to, that's worth considering about why this underperformed and didn't do as well as it did back then. They were still doing volume releases of anime in those days. Yeah. As late as June, 2007, like I, I don't, th- I think that's worth considering. And about something that really changed in the industry that people who are into anime now do not remember. There was a time where volume releases were the norm, like the Aniplex of America old-timey strategy of just putting out three or four volumes of like a twelve-episode show. That was normal, and that's also a bit of a reason. Why Bondi Entertainment is not around anymore. So yeah, it's just a general thing where... Uh, I'm going to quote uh, Logan, uh Shmullis one who helps out on a bunch of discotech stuff, some stuff. Feels like this goes to show just how wildly the landscape can and has changed since Gal Gygar has had a very solid response for us since we announced it. Though it's been, what, 15 years since the Media Blaster's release? I think Hajime no Ippo was another one that's had a much stronger response the second time around. I'm sure the shift from singles to larger collections full series sets also plays a pretty big part in that. I think there was a second series uh, credited uh, as a very poorly performing title to him, too, actually.
2: Yes. Sarah Bell also mentions that uh, Bakuman seemed promising but performed poorly. Quote, we really thought that title would have a bit more likes to it. It was from the same guy who did Death Notes, but just because it was the same guy doesn't really, really mean a whole, a whole heck of a lot.
3: Uh, definitely interesting to bring up uh, Bakemon, considering uh, some of the stuff
0: around that release. You, you didn't know, they also just only release, like, a few episodes?
3: Uh, or a few, only release a few episodes. There's some reports they didn't... Uh... Properly pay NYAV POS for the
0: works? So, uh... Oh, wait, they really?
2: <laughs> they, uh, okay, here's the thing. Here's what I found. They released one DVD in November of 2011, and that was it.
0: Oh my god. God, the anime industry used to be so shit. Yeah. I, I, I know we, I know, look, I know we talk about how shit things are now. But like, there was just an era where things just would have a volume or two release and then never come out on home video again. And then like somebody who started a dub would just drop it midway through, like a twenty. Like how many episodes? How many episodes is Bakuman? Um,
3: I mean, if they did, if if they had only done season one, it would
0: have been like. 25, something like that. And they only did, what, six
1: episodes?
3: Yeah, yeah, apparently they had recorded up to 12, but uh, only released with six, so I think the Nazi will. God, like,
0: that is not as bad as it is today, in that regard, in regards to full shows getting released and, like, dubs just not getting cut that soon in.
2: One thing that I like to go back to every now and then is a piece from Anime News Network from the 2007 uh, New York Anime Festival and ICV2 Conference on Anime and Manga called The State of the Anime Industry. It was a roundtable discussion with Adam Sheehan from Funimation, Kenai Doney from Bandai, Satoshi Kanema from Kadokawa, Chris Orr from ADV, John O'Donnell from Central Park Media, Kensuke Inoue from, and Kensuke Inoue from ThinkCorp. That they were basically just talking about... The state of the industry at the end of two thousand and seven right at the tail end of the d v d boom, and a few months before the recession hit mm.
3: oh, yeah right, right oh, yeah uh, right before the big crash
2: yeah, right before the internet took over, and uh yeah, just if you all have time go go look it up, just type in um state of the anime industry two thousand and seven you'll find it there. I am fascinated with some of the quotes from John O'Donnell in here. We don't have time to go over it now, but uh, the thing about Media Blasters picking up Bakumon thinking it would be successful because it was from the same guy who did Death Note. Central Park Media did the same thing with a lot of really bad titles, saying from the creator slash director slash producer of so-and-so, and
0: it did not work. I feel like there is more to marketing than just a famous creator. There are other things that you need to yeah. do. Yeah,
2: and that's kind of the reason why Central Park Media filed for bankruptcy in
0: 2009. They, they just refused to adapt. Say what you will about John Cerebella. It is genuinely impressive that Media Blasters still exist in some way, shape, or form, and you cannot underestimate porn money at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, I guess you really can't. Uh, okay, so we got a piece from Variety recently talking about the most pirated TV seasons of 2022. Half of these are anime. Yeah, though, that's no, interesting. This will lead to a larger discussion in a moment, but let's just go over this, just just for funsies. So, so you want to go 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Uh, we'll start big and make our way down to the bottom. So this is all a share of highly demanded titles, a share of 100%. So 17% of the share is season one of House of the
0: Dragon, because why would anybody, well, we pay money for HBO Max? I mean, to be fair, the original Game of Thrones, I think, was one of like the most pirated shows in general because of the whole HBO shenanigans.
2: Yeah. Uh, right below that, Chainsaw Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Checks not surprised. Out. Checks out. Yes, it certainly
2: does. And below that, uh Season 1 of Running Man. And then we have Season 6 of Rick and Morty. Sure.
0: Let's feel less
2: bad about that yeah. one in hindsight. Oh, uh, huh? there's Moon Knight from Disney Plus. Not surprising. There is Bleach Thousand-Year Blood War. Very not surprising at all. Uh, We have The Eminence in Shadow. Alright. Sure. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power from Amazon. Also doesn't surprise me. And rounding it off, we have Spy Family and Season 2 of Rising of the Shield Hero.
3: The last one of those is actually slightly surprising.
0: The rest, less so. So, there's a couple of other factors to go into the fact that anime has, shall, and will continue to be pirated. I'm not going to cry foul about that anymore. There is at least one addendum to the conversation, at least about anime, in regards to both Crunchyroll and I guess both High Dive. Sorry with High Dive because they were the one that got Eminence in Shadow. High Dive has been having some trouble this year and even losing some territories in general. I think, was this article more global or is this just focusing on the United States?
2: Good question. I actually Um, would like to know that. I'm I'm pulling up the piece from Variety, and I believe... I'm going to say this is just uh, U.S.
1: Okay.
0: Because if this was more global, I was at least going to mention the fact that High Dive was losing a couple of regions in Latin America, and that was definitely rubbing some people in Latin America the wrong way. But... That's not really the conversation, it's about the fact that High Dive is at least a smaller platform compared to that of Crunchyroll. Speaking of Crunchyroll, I will add that this year, they pretty much got rid of the free episode The Next Week model completely.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and and, um, apparently, according to this piece, Chainsaw Man was the most pirated series in the US for all of Quarter 4 2022.
0: Not <sighs> surprised, really. I like, like, look, I, look, I, I hate how the current climate is making me having to defend Studio Mappa because they don't fucking deserve it. But also, you fucking weirdos, ugh. Chainsaw Man is still a good anime, and it still made its money back. So this is not that surprising. But I'm at least adding to the conversation. Crunchyroll had their free model thing and has completely gotten rid of that and is now all subscription all the time. And they made a lot of moves that kind of pissed off a lot of people, which would lead to some subscriptions getting canceled and some people probably wanting to pirate. Though the reality of it is... Most of the people that want to pirate already were going to pirate. I just want to at least add that little element to the conversation as worth acknowledging. Here's my stance on all this
2: I am neither advocating
0: nor vilifying
2: piracy. Personally, I pay for everything. I like having that immediate access of something that I can just load up on my TV. And to be perfectly honest, I am just too stupid and lazy to try and search for torrents of things recorded off-air and download it on my laptop, which I have to watch either on that or a monitor. I like watching TV shows on a TV. I just bought all of Chainsaw Man from the iTunes store for 5 bucks because I don't want to deal with Crunchyroll's bad app and trying to do it through Chromecast on my TV. I can watch it through Apple. I can watch all of it in English. I can have captions because it's a weird neurodivergent habit I've always had throughout my whole life. I like that. I like having that access without having to do a whole lot of work. Torrents make me do work. That being said, I get it. I get it. Big companies suck. Having content restricted by region sucks. I'm not going to shame anybody for going down that path because I get it. Sometimes it's a necessity. I get it. However, to all of you spoiled Americans out there with money to spare,
3: come on.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, at this point, my sense of privacy has kind of shifted a bit. I mean, in general, I do pay for things, but my sense is uh, pretty much, at least for the moment and probably for the foreseeable future, like, look. If you're gonna do it, at least don't advertise you're doing it.
0: That's that's there's so many people that literally just cannot stop themselves from screaming to the high heavens, Look what I'm pirating, look what I'm doing, fuck the man, or what like it's it it's all like a righteous performative thing. It's just like Man, I don't fucking care. Nobody really cares. Just stop going into being like aha I have torrented this new hot anime feature. What you gonna do about it? Like, that doesn't give you an interesting personality. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. I really don't. Yeah. I'm not, like, at this point, it's like, believe me, man, I see these companies and what they're fucking doing. I get it. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, it is still more convenient to just deal with this than it is to pirate. But we are hitting a point where it's going to stop being convenient to just support the official release to watch what I want. It's coming. It's not there yet, but it's coming. And at this <laughs> point, they'll have nobody to blame but them fucking selves.
1: <sighs>
2: yeah. If if I had every everything I own physically on immediate access, I would have to have, like... Uh, several hundred terabytes of storage hooked up into a NAS server, which costs a lot of money that I don't have. So I will gladly spare a couple bucks every month for immediate access to something that I don't have to plug in thousands of dollars of high-end tech equipment to get. So uh, yeah, plus, you know, not a big deal for me. Other countries, I get it. Other regions, other platforms. I get it. Uh, apparently, this Running Man show is a variety show in South Korea that has no available access over here. So I get it. Ah, uh.
0: but if you're gonna do it,
2: don't be an asshole about it. That's all. That's all we're saying.
0: You're not interesting because you're a pirate. No.
2: Also, uh, simping for a turf creator's uh, old work in a video game this is not a suitable replacement for a likable personality. You fucking
0: weirdos! Oh my god! Oh my god! I—it's gotten so bad. Everything about it, I've seen. It's so, so bad. It's like the worst brain rot I've seen in some time. I—I I just. <clears> throat> I, throat> I, I've seen creators literally being like none of you people are boycotting Twitter, and it's like, Twitter is a social media platform, which is how so many people stay connected, and it is like a major social media platform that is important to the global ecosystem at this point. Paying 60 to $70 to play a video game on release, is it really equivalent, you fucking freaks? Oh my god.
3: So again, again, just going to apply the gate the same argument here, I mean, if I were the same like, what, okay, uh okay, like look. okay, like, look, you're not necessarily a big if you support the game or what sorry, or whatever, but, or whatever, it's also not a great look to do it, but look, at least if you're to do it, at least stop ab- at least stop advertising doing it and trying to you know defend yourself for doing it, like own up to what you're doing.
0: Jet, the answer is they they feel guilty, and they want somebody to absolve them of their guilt and also have fun playing the Wizard Destiny game.
3: Yeah, I know that's what it is, but it's just like, I don't know what it guys.
0: It, it's so sad. It, it's like, stop talking about it and stop, like, you want your fucking... You want your fucking token transgender friends to absolve you of your guilt and say, you're a good, perfect ally. It's okay if you pay $65 to play the wizard game. I see how much good you're doing for the community, and you're doing the bang-up job. No, that's not what's gonna happen. No, what's happening is you're going to have a lot of friends that are going to be disappointed in you and realized when the time comes, you're not actually gonna stand up for them, no. You would choose your toys over their rights every single time. I'm just gonna add that by saying this:
2: if you really want to spend seventy dollars on a very mid game, just get the New Legend the Zelda game. What the fuck, Alex? <laughs> uh, uh,
3: okay, that's okay. That's a little bit mean.
2: Where the fuck did that come from? I'm only saying that because I know it's gonna make some people very mad at me. Jesus Christ.
0: I was going to say, if you want to play a mid-game, Destiny 2 is free. (laughs) So is Halo, but uh, let's move on. Oh, that one
2: hurts me. What are you doing, Microsoft? Okay, let's move on. So yeah, uh, we spent a a lot of time talking about uh, platforms and piracy, which uh, leads us to Netflix. Did you know that if you share your password, you're committing the ultimate cardinal sin of the world?
3: It's really funny how quickly they took that down. God, they're so... It's so.
0: Yeah. Um... The people making these decisions <sighs> don't live in reality. These are the fucking... I-, I made a joke about that earlier where it feels like that, that policy of having to connect to the main account Wi-Fi feels like something that was proposed by an executive who went on like a very angry racist tirade during the holidays. Uh, and now their kids it, their kids won't let them see their grandkids anymore. So they're like, if I can't make them come to me, I will force them to come visit me. Oh, and uh, as add an addendum for that, you know what a lot of
2: hotels have in rooms for the TVs? Netflix access. All you have to do is just log in Good luck trying to fix that.
0: It's so dumb. It's the nobody think nobody thought. Nobody thought about anything when it came to this. Anyways. Yeah, nobody ever
2: thinks, but um You might recall a little more than a year ago we got that Cowboy Bebop live action series that came and went within a matter of ten days. <sighs> it could have been good, but it 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 wasn't. It it really wasn't. And there has been a new interview with Shinichiro Watanabe from Forbes, who had some comments regarding this uh, project that was shelved immediately to never return. The quote is this. For the new Netflix live-action adaptation, they sent me a video to review and check. It started with a scene in a casino, which made it very tough for me to continue. I stopped there and so only saw that opening scene. It was clearly not Cowboy Bebop, and I realized at that point that if I wasn't involved, it would not be Cowboy Bebop. I felt that maybe I should have done this, although the value of the original anime is somehow far higher now. Yeah, that is definitely
3: a pretty spicy take. No, I'm going to be honest, that is actually far from... That is actually that's really the least interesting thing from that interview. <laughs>
0: It really is the more interesting thing to the whole animatrix story. Oh yeah,
2: um, yeah. The whole piece from Forbes is uh, kind of interesting. It details a lot of his career, uh, getting his, his uh, getting his starts with some projects in the eighties. Like, uh, let me try and pull
3: up the quote. Oh, God, yeah, there yeah, really is a, a very interesting stuff in there. Like the fact that like he almost didn't get hired, etc., because he said uh, because he thought it was about saying their anatomy was bad.
2: Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, as for that, uh, very spicy, uh, part about the Animatrix, there were some issues here. Uh, I'm just gonna pull up the quote here. Back on the Animatrix, I first got to work with people in Hollywood. Working with those kinds of people is always difficult. This is because at the beginning, they promised me that I could do whatever I want, but that's just lip service. Actually, I had a big altercation with a Hollywood producer on the Animatrix. He would always come with these stupid requests, just so he could identify his own contribution. As the requests were stupid and made no sense, I rejected all of them. Unfortunately, I couldn't win the situation, so I had to concede on some of these things. I learned from this bitter experience, though. For subsequent projects, I became smarter at handling people who wanted to interfere. In that, I would send back very small corrections or adjustments just before the deadline. That tended to work. And then... Because there is more. Continuing on, the original producer on The Animatrix was a really good guy. He understood my work and didn't give me stupid requests. However, he had to leave due to family issues, but his successor, called Spencer Lamb, was awful. So many requests. Change this, change that. It was very frustrating, and if these requests were coming from the Wachowskis, I would at least respect that as they came up with The Matrix. So who was the new producer compared to that? He explained that he was the gatekeeper to the Wachowskis, and unless he could be convinced, he wouldn't bring my work to them. So when I went to Los Angeles for the recording sessions, I told the team that if I saw that producer, I would just punch him in the face. (laughs) The producer ended up not coming to the recordings, which is
0: unheard of. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. That is that is the funniest, most incredible thing I've I could hear, and I'm so glad Watanabe is in his old man. God, I don't fucking care anymore. I'll say whatever I want. Era. Yeah. <laughs> Like like the whole oh I I'm, I'm sad the new Netflix bebop thing wasn't bebop. Like who fucking cares? We all knew that. We 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 saw it. We we get it. I don't care. No, I want to hear about the fact that he literally got so pissed off at a fucking shitty producer telling him to change stuff that he's like, I will fucking murder you if I see you in person. And then he fucking bailed. Like that's so funny. <laughs> it's
1: it's so good
0: incredible your faves would never <laughs> uh,
2: the matrix is starting to come into a much better light with all this uh ai bullshit
0: shenanigans happening god i'm still not over i don't remember which which sister it was but i just remember it was fucking uh elon musk and some conservative bitch being like the red take the red pill and then t- and then her just coming out and saying, fuck both of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was uh, L- Lily Wachowski, who uh,
2: said that's Elon and Ivanka. Oh, that's, yeah, that would do it. Fucking.
0: Bless your hearts. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, I hope Watanabe has a good day. Let's continue.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And we bring up uh, all this Netflix talk because, well, we got the word. Netflix's One Piece live-action series will be premiering later this year.
0: It's real, and it's happening.
3: Boy, Adrian, it's not going to be normal about that one.
0: Man the hatches. This has got to be some rough waters.
2: Ten episodes will be premiering. Good luck to everybody involved, because, um, uh, yeah, like, please do not faceplant on this. There's a lot writing on this.
0: There's, like, the thing that I think people forget, like, Bebop was such an easier slam dunk than One Piece. And if that face planted, all I ask, literally all I ask, is to be good enough for season two to get Jamie Lee Curtis to be the role she wants to be. That is it. Be just good enough to get that season two. And then you can eat shit as much as you want. Let's hope.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. And also, just yes, because I do
3: remember it coming up in like a... <clears throat> I think I like a Mother's Basement thing, like just talking about what they could maybe do with a live-action One Piece. And that's because it sounded interesting and I think they should do it. If they get, if they get far long enough to make Chopper, absolutely just make him a muppet. Just do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure, why not? God, just fucking get the the Henson, the Jim Henson Company to make Baby Chopper, and then to just make a giant kaiju muppet. I I, I take it.
2: Yeah, uh we, we will keep we will keep a pin in this and come back to it when it
0: launches. When we get a date, that just means that's we set the clock for doomsday.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, literally really enough we do say until we see like an actual trailer or like I don't know, even like an actual key video, we still have no idea what it's
1: actually gonna look like even so uh yeah.
2: Yeah. We will just have to put a pin in that and come back to it much, much later. All right, and so we move on to our announcements and updates section of the show. Starting with another project for Netflix. We all know that Netflix likes their uh, big kaiju monster projects. And so we have another one coming out. Gamera Rebirth. And this one's from, this is Kadokawa. Yes, is involved with this because of course they are. This will be a limited series of six episodes. And based on what we've gotten from this very, very short teaser trailer, that's only 15 seconds. It's going to be nothing but kaiju fights. Gamera versus five of them. So, uh, yeah, all you kaiju kaiju fans out there, you're probably going to be eating real good soon. Here's hoping. (laughs) Here's hoping. Yeah. There is a release window for this. All we know is that it's in production and it's going to
1: happen. I you don't know, what, what do you guys prefer, kaijus or monsters? Por los dos. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, recently updated on Netflix is The Rest of Monster. Episodes 31 through 74 are now up on Netflix. Still
0: no English dub. It's got the French dub. Yeah,
3: yeah I do wonder if it's just like the music thing that's preventing that at this point.
0: I could see it doesn't make it any less disappointing, but you know what? This is better than we were a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. This is this has progressed in a positive direction.
2: I am tempting fate here. Should somebody crazy enough pick this show up for home, home release... I really hope they don't have to go to the offices of NBC Universal to get broadcast tapes from sci-fi. Uh, I
3: mean, I'm pretty sure the master is still. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the raw master of the Dumb, like exists. There was that <clears throat> Australia release that came out like a decade I, ago. I
0: mean, it must exist, but I'm gonna be real. I'm not. I'm not. There is some possibility we might have to go. To sci-fi's internal vault for at least some of this.
3: Uh, I mean, is it, I mean, the dub was completely on iTunes for a minute, so like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Rob footage just like exists.
0: It has to be somewhere there. It's somewhere in the world. Can you let them go on this globe trotting? Uh,
3: so, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Some, I mean, I'm pretty sure they got computer. It's just somewhere.
0: Somebody the has man. these. This is not gone. We just give, just give them the permission to do it for fuck's sake. Uh, they are the only people that can make it happen. Anyways, yes, just literally just fucking give the, just cut a blank check for Discotech Media and just let them do it. They Somebody! Will, they will do it. They will probably have a miserable six to eight months doing it, but it will be done. Let's only hope it'll happen hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyways, I feel like this is just sort of... This next thing's kind of going off of a big thing we've been talking about for a while, and I've sort of made peace with that, but at least things are looking... Up question Maybe. mark. We'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah,
2: so we now have word of a new show uh premiering in April. Heavenly Delusion. We got word of who will be broadcasting it. The main cast. Uh this will be directed at production at, by Hiro Takamori at production IG with Nakato Fukami overseeing series scripts. Utsushida of Minakata Laboratory on board a character designer, and Kensuke Ushio doing the music. Here is the synopsis of the series courtesy of Denpa, who is releasing the manga. Within the safety of the walls, youths are raised in a nursery-style setting by robots. While life there may appear stale on the surface, the children are full of potential and curiosity. In many ways, it is like a slice of heaven— The outside world is a hellscape. It is almost entirely void of anything mechanical, and is now inhabited by bizarre, yet supernatural beings. Maru, with the aid of Kiruko, is out there crisscrossing what was once Tokyo for heaven. But after searching for so long, maybe heaven is more of an untenable dream than a potential reality. Sounds perfect for Disney Plus.
0: So, I didn't actually realize. Because this got picked up by Dempa Comics, this is a Kodansha manga. So yeah, remember that whole conversation we had about them having some Disney-Kodansha yeah. partnership? So yeah, this is the first one post-Tokyo Revengers we're seeing right away. I'm intrigued. This, so this we now know what the deal is with the Disney shit going on. Sort mm-hmm. of. Anything globally goes on Disney Plus anything locally goes on Hulu. Uh-huh. And this season is a step in the right direction, sort of, in regards to Tokyo Revengers, because Tokyo Revengers is unlike Summertime Remembering and unlike BlackRock Shooter, is simulcasting week to week. So you can watch the first couple of episodes of Tokyo Revengers Season 2. Not only that, an English dub of Tokyo Revengers Season 2 is confirmed to be in the works and even available in other regions of the world, but not here yet. It has not yet been posted on Hulu, and I have been told from other people that in regards to posting the English dub of Tokyo Revengers, Episode 3 apparently went up before Episode 2 did. Wow. So the good news, they are simulcasting it properly. The English dub has been produced, and it is they got the whole cast of Tokyo Avengers back. It's being direct, done at IUNO SC, SDI Media, which makes sense given the senior project dubbing project manager's former work. So I actually got the got hopes that th- when this gets dubbed, it'll actually be a pretty decent dub, and not like the. Kerfuffle with the summertime rendering. Possibly. Though it's possible Tokyo Revengers could be a one-off, but I'm at least more hopeful for Heavenly Delusion.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there is a, I mean, there is one other interesting thing to note about the uh, Revengers stuff that I think a couple of the cast members actually did bring up. What? Uh, notably that uh, the Dubs switched over to being Union.
1: Oh, Yeah!
0: Disney did flip the season two dub of Tokyo Revengers Union when the season one one at Crunchyroll was not. That's an interesting little detail. And I don't believe either Summertime Rendering or BlackRock Shooter were Union. Potentially. I'm actually not 100% sure about that one. So, yeah. yeah as
3: far as I know that to know.
0: That is a good, interesting little detail to know. So yeah, this this one I'll be keeping an eye out cuz this actually does look pretty good. And I'm a little more optimistic about the I'm a little more optimistic about the people working op- I'm optimistic about the people working on the English dub and about the fact that Hulu is simul- going to simulcast this instead of just letting it rot for months. I'm a little less optimistic about things going up on time and not being broken when they come out. That's still a little Uh. up in the air. So, but honestly at this point there is no perfect licensor. You gotta take some lumps depending on who gets shit at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's just how it be. That's how it be on this bitch of this earth.
2: Yep. It stinks, but y'all gotta deal with it because various reasons.
3: Uh, so, uh, something. Uh, something, something. There is no ethics in capitalism. Something,
0: something. If there's no ethics in capitalism, I can buy the wizard game and harm nobody. Yay!
1: <laughs> Fucking shit. Uh,
2: anyway. So, another uh, new project that got recently announced. Who here remembers? A show from a while back called Magical Girl Raising Project.
1: I do
0: remember Magical Girl Raising Project. I it
1: was decent. Well
2: apparently it was decent enough to get more because Magical Girl Raising Project restarts. We'll be getting an anime, with
0: Hiroyuki Hashimoto coming back as director. It's really kind of wild how much of the 2017 Crunchyroll anime season is suddenly getting new anime projects. I don't think it's coincidence. I really don't. But this is apparently going to be a new... A new game, so to speak. With new magical girl characters. How, how do I explain this? New Game Plus? No, 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 no. Think of... Think of a new season of Total Drama Island with new contestants.
3: Uh, yeah, I, think I get it.
0: Okay. Anyways. Uh, the director from the first anime is returning, so I'm assuming this is... Maybe gonna still be Studio Lerche, but not hundred percent sure. Really hard to tell. I
3: mean, how does it even have on their slate at this point?
0: uh that's I'm going to. That's actually that is a good. uh Classroom of the Elite season three. Probably the new Hanako Kun anime. Let me actually look. Anyways, New Magical Girl Raising Project. I'll look this up for my own curiosity. Anyways, neat. Yes, it is
2: neat, and uh, there's another uh, original project that got announced uh, recently that I swear I put it in for last time, but I guess I didn't, so uh, this is the one that's a little late. We'll have to pardon our dust as we keep uh, trying to uh, get our shit organized. So, we have a new project coming to us from Kalakawa and Troika from director a. Aoki. Overtake a show about open-wheel racing, specifically in Formula 4. If you're wondering what that is, it's like the lowest level of open-wheel racing from Formula 1, which Moscow X can tell you all about on his channel, Law Versus. I am interested in this because as I have alluded to many times, I am a sports fan. I'm also a motorsports fan. We've got the NASCAR season coming up uh, next week, and Formula One's kicking off in March, so, uh,
0: yeah, I'm interested in this. The characters look wonderfully cute. Uh, we have. I really was not expecting his new original anime to be a. a F4 racing sports anime?
2: Yeah, r- racing and anime don't really go hand in hand outside of uh, Initial D. There have been some attempts over the years. I'm interested in this because it's going to t- be. Presumably a much more grounded-in-realism kind of show. I mean, it's it's open-wheel racing on actual
0: racetracks. I'm down for that. I like this director's past work. I'm willing to uh, see something a little more low-key by him and give it a chance. Let's, let's give it a shot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh, for any of you who don't know who A. Aoki is, he is
2: the man responsible for Fate Zero and Girls Bravo.
0: Okay. Okay, I'm going to add to that because that's gonna break my brain. He also did Recreators and It Invaded. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ, man! <laughs> I'm j- just because you're correct, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a crazy industry. There's gonna be a lot of dumb comments about bad CG in this arm there.
2: Hopefully not. From what I saw from the preview video, it, it looks it looks fine.
3: I mean, okay. I mean, look, you, you can't get more ridiculous than like the weird CG cars in like early, early, early initially.
0: See, the problem is not that the CG is going to be good or bad. It's that there are people who literally object to anything that looks like it was made on a computer. <sighs>
3: Uh, yeah.
2: Well, uh, well, to those geniuses, I retort with this: How are you supposed to drive a f- draw a field of twenty open wheel race cars? I don't know. J- just
0: do it, pussy.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just, re- uh, just, uh, re- uh, just, just, my dear guys, stop, stop talking on Cimpeed. it It's it's fine. It looks good. Stop, stop complaining, please. Stop review. while we get this really stupid. Just, just stop it.
0: Did you see that the anime director is liking, like, Vash the Stampede memes? It's very funny. It is
2: very funny. Yeah. Uh, We don't have a timetable set for this, but from what I understand, this is going to be uh, Troika's 10th anniversary project. So we
0: might have to wait a little while for this. He's pathetic, he's a freak He's blonde, he's a whore He's hopeless, he's a war criminal He's a special boy, he's hated by God, he's Vash the Stampede (laughs) In Kenji Muto's likes (laughs) I didn't even see the I love my girlfriend with Vash face and heart
1: Ah. Anyways Good for you Good for you, A. Aoki. Yeah. Just don't crash and burn. Okay, speaking of crashing, I tried to open this next link
2: and my browser crashed, so I think Twitter is trying to uh, kill itself as we speak. Probably. Anyways, uh, you want me to take this because I just opened it no, myself? No, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. Remember, I have a fast computer when it doesn't have weird
0: audio driver issues like others. It, you have a good computer until it's not. I don't know. These
2: Apple SSD MacBooks are pretty damn good. Anyway, here's what's not good. Crunchyroll likes to just not announce when they have new catalog stuff. They don't. It bothers me immensely. Yeah, and, um... Well, this came as a surprise to me personally... Because now I have no choice but to finish what I started three years ago. All three like
0: Seven high evolution movies are now on Crunchyroll. This is a very, actually, pretty nice surprise, regardless of whether you like it or not. Because like these movies were like the second movie was just not available for several years.
2: Yeah, it came out right when the world completed completely um, shit itself, and it went out of print in like a month
0: and the third movie the third movie I don't think has been released at all yet. It has not, but like the the second Blu-ray literally was in circulation for under a year before it went out of print. Then was finally re-released several years later as Funimation's Last Essentials release. Very fitting, isn't it?
2: Anyways, yeah. Yeah. But in better news, Bartender is now on Crunchyroll, as we found out, courtesy of uh, Adam Sheehan.
0: I literally... That's apparently a show he was trying to get for years from both companies. He called it The License That Got Away. And now it's finally Mm. there because of some deal they got with Shout Factory. And there's some other stuff on there, too. Like, there's the uh, Laughing Under the Clouds movies that are on there, too. Yep. Those are on there, along with... Um,
2: the Arti OVAs, which are now dubbed. Yeah, uh, Dog and Scissors, which they got from Sentai, whatever. Uh, Heaven's Lost Property, My Eternal Master, the School Rumble OVAs, uh, Trinity Blood, for any of you who remember that from Adult Swim from 18 years ago, uh, the Vandrea OVAs, and Witchblade, for any
0: of you who remember that, from IFC uh, 18 years ago. I'm really getting fucking pissed off at this whole big streamer mentality of just dropping things and expecting their fans to do their advertisement for them at this point. It's fucking uh, obnoxious.
3: That's, I uh, am, uh, but Andrew, why would they care about old shows when they have a bunch of shiny new things for it,
0: It's... It's so such garbage to literally be like, I don't need to do the work to promote my back catalog. My numbers go up, and who cares? Like sh- That's so gross. It's such a gross big streamer mentality now, like fucking Netflix and Disney Plus, where it's like, I don't need to tell people that this went up. We just always have new content coming in all the time every day. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Not great. I'm glad these things are there. I just hate that they keep doing this.
2: This fucking noxious. Yeah, the yeah. older stuff keeps going up on Crunchyroll, which uh, uh the Funimation app still works. Watch that, you'll get a better experience.
3: As app, app, to which, uh, yeah, to which you know, I mean, it's to which you know, it's not a knock, but I might as well mention it, just you know, to be slightly positive. I'm glad that after uh literally waiting, overly. The- over a year, more if you count, more if you apply to these. Where like pre Sony problems, Crunchyroll has finally fixed some of the UI on their service. Like there's no longer the weird like each stub is its own season thing. They finally fixed that. Like it can just toggle between language options now. And they also, have, and they also started adding closed captions. So you know what? Good job, Crunchyroll. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're finally making good changes. It
2: is an improvement. They're finally catching up with platforms from 2012. Good job, Crunchyroll. Good job. You're
0: doing the bare fucking minimum. Yeah, pretty much. I'm glad it's being done, but it's just it's it's ridiculous it took this long.
1: <sighs>
0: Anyways, um yeah, give
2: cool. me a Vizio Smart TV app, you bastards.
0: Or and how and bear with me with this one. You go fuck yourself. Uh, no, I don't think I will. Worth a shot. Let's talk about this next. This is one thing I won't blame Crunchyroll for, because this is this is more on Abbott.
2: Yeah, because uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, the state of Texas got uh, fucked by a very bad ice storm again, and that has caused issues with a lot of
0: their power grids.
2: Again!
0: We have, tried, we have tried nothing to fix the issue, and we are all out of ideas.
2: Uh, uh, anyway, uh, how this relates to this show is that some of the uh, in-house dub uh, productions from Crunchyroll have been postponed uh, by about a week slash longer than a week. Uh, by the time this is up... A lot of the shows will be back to airing episodes. They're just going to be behind by like a week or so. Uh, Revenger, *Ice Space *Sorcerer*, Buddy Daddy's, of Evolution, for anyone watching that, Uh, Blue Lock, My Hero Academia, Trigun, Vinland Saga, and a couple others have been impacted by this. This was out of their hands. The state of Texas continues to not understand it cannot survive on its own individual independent power grid. Especially when ice storms happen and it fucks everything up.
0: Especially when they literally do not have an ecosystem meant to handle this and they haven't done anything to actually fix
1: this. Uh.
0: And, like, we'll just continue not to fix this and instead blame it on, like, diversity in schools or something.
1: As we have said many times, we are surrounded by
0: idiots, and a lot of the idiots have positions of power. Yeah. All right. Anyways, like, I'm not I'm not throwing this shade to any of the people at Texas. I wish them all the best, and they'll get back to track. Yeah, uh,
3: anyway, uh, yeah, just uh, be patient. The dogs will be back eventually. Yes,
2: they will. They're, they're slowly coming back because, you know, they gotta catch up at some point, and... You know, that's how business operates. But uh, uh, there's one other dub impacted by this, one that just
0: premiered recently. They didn't actually... Okay, here's another fun one. Remember what we were talking about? We're getting tired of these Shadow announcements. They literally just dropped episode zero of Gundam the Witch for Mercury on a Sunday, and nobody said anything about it for, like, four days.
2: Yeah, that's a very, very weird thing. But, um... Yeah, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, now has an English dub. And this is not being produced at NYEP Post, or Bang Zoom, or the Ocean Group, or even Blue Water. It's being produced...
0: Crunchyroll in-house. Yeah, I gotta say, really don't think I saw that one coming. Yeah,
3: it's definitely a very interesting
2: development. And here's how I know it's Crunchyroll in-house. The ADR director is Jason Lord who works at Crunchyroll in house in in uh, Texas.
0: Yep. He's one of the in house He's one of the new people they hired last January alongside uh Jonathan Rigg and promoted Sean Gann and Emily Fajardo to be in house directors. Jonathan, I think Jason worked on uh, Freedom Planet, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. So in other words, this is a Funimation dub. Yes, thank you. I hate, I hate calling them Crunchyroll. I I hate it. It's it's a it is a Funimation dub at this point. That's what Do it is. Do you think
2: that's confusing? I said earlier, I bought Chainsaw Man on iTunes. That's a Crunchyroll show. I press play with it through Apple's TV app. I get the Funimation logo.
0: That's really funny. Actually, make sense <laughs> of this merger, people. No, let's make it more confusing. Okay, <sighs> okay. so. so- do you want me to at least talk? I'm not going to list every single member of this cast. You,
2: you, you don't have to. We have, we have, we have uh, many names. I will go over most of them, but I do believe we have to address the... Uh, no. Just just briefly, just briefly, we have to address the elephant in the room, because if we don't, uh, it's going to be uh, just... Let's, let's yeah, get yeah. through the... Just fucking say the cast first, please. Okay, 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 okay. So... As Suleta,
0: we have Jill Harris. Jill Harris, you'll know for such characters as Nino in The Quintessential Quintuplets and uh, Ibarra in Kyoko. I was trying to think of another one.
2: And as, um, I I I had to say this right, as Suleta's...
0: Platinum-haired cockatiel wife, Meereen, <laughs> Natalie Van Sistine. Uh Natalie Van Sistine, you'll know as your, as your Briar in Spy Family, and you'll also know her, because I was trying to look up a second character for this. Remember that show, Full Dive? Vaguely. Yeah, that's like the only other thing I know her.
3: That's like the other thing I
0: know her from. Remember that one girl with the giant-ass titties that just becomes a pixie? Anyways, that was her, that that was who she played in that show. Also featured in this cast: uh, Elizabeth Maxwell, Bradley Gareth, Aaron Dismuke, Brittany Karbowski, Bren April, Alejandro Saab, Gabe Kunda, Christopher Sabat, Eric Vale, Nazie Tarsha, Sarah Ragsdale, Kimberly Grace, Alexis Tipton, Kristen Payne, Cassie Uwalu, Mike Smith, Ian Sinclair, and Jerry Joel, just to name a few. All right. So here's this grenade. I'm holding this grenade right now. I'm going to hold this lever and slowly pull this pin out. The pin is out. I'm holding this grenade and making sure it doesn't go off. So the conversation that's going on right now in regards to the character of Saleta is that Saleta is sort of implied to be a character that is, in layman's terms, not white. The assumption I believe people are going off is that she looks like she comes from a little bit of like Middle East. They say the term is Mina, which basically means Middle Eastern North African heritage and descent. Jet, you've actually seen the show, so I don't know if that is if that is a subtext thing or if that is just text. I would I I want your help on that. Uh,
3: yeah, I would say yeah, I would say subtext, probably.
0: The prologue has further
2: details uh in in uh, her in her character's uh, genealogy. So uh, uh Yeah, there is significant subtext to be found here.
0: Okay. So the general thing here is that there is disappointment. It, it, Jill Harris is not a bad choice for the character Celetta, nor do I think I'm upset at the casting, but it is at least fair to say it is a missed opportunity straight up. Mm, yeah. And I think people are allowed to be disappointed in the fact that this is a missed opportunity in that regard,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, that's what
3: it is. It's a missed mis- opportunity. It's that's uh, kind of a shame it didn't go down that way, but like, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I also am not going to say I think this is a director who is actively malicious in regards to this casting. I don't think anything about casting a white woman to be Suleta. Is malice? Is it, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: This doesn't strike me as a malicious thing. It just as this is the way it happened thing.
2: This this is more ignorance than malice. It it doesn't feel intentional.
0: It, it's just a circumstance of bad optics. The other optics to consider in the fact that, yeah, guess what? Doing everything in house at Funimation. Fuck it, whatever. It's at Funimation means that they are pretty much adherent to keeping to local talent come hell or high water. So the fact that this dub was moved in-house meant that in some ways and in some regards they could not have a wide net. They could do their local talents, but it's also in regards of how do you Okay, actually, I'm going to read a little bit of this article. In the case of Witcher Beauty, viewers have shared that Shaletta is Middle Eastern, North African. This interpretation is based on the anime's prologue, where Eri and her parents are first introduced. Eri's father is Nadim Samaya, a name that has Arabic, Hebrew, and Indian. Okay, that's what it is. It's that her father. Her father is presumably Arabic in nature just from his name and appearance. Who is also played by Chris Guerrero in the dub. <clears throat> oh god,
1: I do not feel
2: qualified to have this conversation.
1: Uh, None yeah, of us are
2: but, uh, really qualified to have this conversation. We are a bunch of know-nothings on the internet.
3: Uh, yeah, I already kind of had to have this conversation now. When I uh, did an episode on Girl Do Tuesday, that was not a particularly fun time. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of the well no, well uh, uh, well, okay, yeah but there's no real comfortable way to talk about this. It's just it's it, it's just it's kind of unfortunate, but like at least I guess there's some conversation to be had about this hopefully uh, so, uh hopefully some i don't know hopefully some sort of positive change comes about
0: i think this i don't know I what think that would be, I, just, think I, be po- I think there will be i think. I think there are people where authenticity and representation is more of a factor and prerogative for their casting in general. And I also will give some benefit of the doubt to Jason and say, I don't think he has a bad cast here. I am also of the impression that being stuck being stuck with local talent as a forced mandate instead of like having the freedom to cast outside the wide net and even do something with that does limit the people you're able to get. And I'm also going to flat out say I, I think a lot of subtweeting of this is a little Messy, but I'm going to say I I think Stephanie Shea has warrant in the fact that if this was an NYAV post-dub, and if she was at the helm of this, there would be no problem about any of this conversation, which seems messy to say, but I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on the actors because I think they're good picks, and I think this is probably going to be a good dub that I'm going to check out at some point and even enjoy it. The problem is this is so... Yeah,
3: yeah. It's, uh, it's this just, is not yeah, it's the first worse.
0: time this conversation happened. Yeah, it probably won't be the last. It's not going to be the last. The problem is this is probably one of the bigger ones because it was one of the bigger surprise hit shows that came out that I feel like all eyes and ears were on it.
3: Uh, yeah, it is just kind of like, sorry, I mean, just kind of growing out, I guess, like a random insight, it is kind of weird in hindsight knowing now that it is a Funimation dub. It, man, it's, man, it was kind of weird that it didn't end up being a simul Because in some ways, I feel like if you had the same cast, but it was a simul dub, it might the pullback might have been slightly less egregious. Because now the show has like a because now the show has a pretty big audience. There's more, there's now you have
0: the whole context to it. Yeah, there's
3: more expectation, so uh, people are definitely going to be more upset when things like this happen.
0: It's probably going to be a good dub, too. It's just, this is a conversation that is at least worth having, and I think people's disappointment is warranted and understandable. Here's my take on this. You are
2: okay to be irritated and mad and upset when shit like this happens. But remember, this all goes all the way up top to the executive
3: branch. You' take it out on the
0: actors, and that's the problem is that like i the person who's actually going making these stupid decisions and making these mandates isn't going to see a fucking bit of the actual backlash
2: no the, 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 whoever's making this decision. Is not in the studio in Texas. They're in an office in San Francisco. And
0: I'm not going to throw this shit at Jason Lord. I'm not going to throw this shit at Jill Harris. I'm not going to throw this shit at anybody who did or didn't take these roles or whatever. I think in due time, this one is going to die down a little bit. But this was one of those I can't not ignore it either kind of deals. But I also want to stop talking about it. So I'm just going to put this fucking pin back in this grenade. Yeah. And we're going to move on.
2: Yeah. Instead, I will lead us out of this with uh, a bit of a sad point. Uh, right Stuff has all the Gundam shows. M- most of them anyway. Crunchyroll has Right Stuff. Guess who has most of the Gundam shows now? And guess who's not going to get them anytime soon? <laughs>
3: Is it, uh, is it, uh, yeah, but uh, it's funny you bring that up because actually I'm wondering if that might be why this is a vibration joint now. Like, if they write, like, if the Nozomi deal is got transferred over to Crunchyroll, I guess. And I mean, Sunrise, I just it's easier just to let them do it now. It's...
1: And
0: because of that, we can't get it on Tsunami. In fairness, this is... <sighs> In some fairness, this is also an alternate universe thing. This is not
1: uh, Universal I mean,
3: Century. I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, really why I do mostly wondering what's going happen with universal, universal Century stuff now.
0: Hopefully, hopefully they do.
1: Hopefully they, hopefully, they leave that where it is,
3: but I guess we gotta see what happens.
0: At this point, anyways... This seems like a solid cast. I, I do think this crew can do some good stuff. I don't fault the cast. <sighs> this, no, this is no one person's fault. That's the thing I'm trying to convey.
1: Yeah.
2: It is a situation of circumstance at the end of the day. It's a situation of you could have, but you didn't. That's on you. Anyways, let's please, please fucking yeah, yeah, and uh, hey, uh, Sunrise, can you give Tsunami, like, Gundam Wing, or 8th MS Team, or fucking something? Th- they need it! They need something right now!
0: They're gonna get Ballmaster, so that's that's good enough, right? Uh, And two very mid-DC movies to pad out the schedule. They really are trying, I, like, I, I'm not gonna give them shit for that, but it's, they're having a rough time. Stop
2: strong arming them, Crunchyroll!
0: No. God
2: damn.
0: Or. Go fuck yourself. How about that? I'm not doing that, Andrew. No, I'm not Andrew. I'm Crunchyroll right now in this analogy. No.
2: Okay, then Crunchyroll, no! And give me a fucking Vizio app already!
0: Hmm. We hear you. We hear your requests. Then we appreciate your feedback. But all your money just went to five more isekai. Suck our dicks! Uh, Well,
2: at least there's one company that we can rely on to uh, deliver the goods. Thank God for Discotech. They are our last true hope in this terribly cold world because it's time to go over their usual runabout of madness and fun. It's time to go over a- a-
0: a-
1: Discotail Discotail Show! Show! Do, do,
0: do, 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 that is a good song, by the way. They picked a good song to be their theme song.
2: Yep. It's why I always use it whenever we talk about this, because, uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully, because I can't hear myself, I'm not monitoring myself, I fixed my, uh, echo effects, that way it's a little bit clearer. I'm going to use this for all of this, in my all caps notes, because there was a lot of stuff here. we're going to start with an... Uh, un- alert.
1: Alert.
2: There was one. Yes, there was. Magical Girl Lyrical Manoha Reflection. Free from Anaplex jail, even if it's uh, the first of two
0: films, not the actual TV series. So, I'm going to refer to a tweet throughout tonight's conversation made by one uh, n- Nick uh, Nick uh, Which which Nick was it? I, I, I forget his last name. Uh, Dupree? Lost Thief. Lost Thief, yeah, him. Lost Thief. Uh, tweeted out on January 30th, 2023 at 3.08 p.m. Discotech Day predictions in descending order of probability. Guaranteed, more Lupin. Very likely, some new toku thing I've never heard of. Gamble. With Symphogear done, they move on to Not Nanaha. First announcement of the night is Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaha Reflection.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, it's the first of uh, two films. We'll have five put ones around audio tracks. It's sub only, sadly. There's only so much they can do,
0: and it's coming later in the year. Neat. That's a cool get. Cool. I'm curious if they'll get some more Nana has stuff. It's very possible. Let's hope. And that leads us to some polls
2: from, from
1: the rescue Skills!
2: That's going to get annoying real quick, and you're all going to hate it, but I don't care. Tough titties, basically. Yeah, and we have two titles that I can say also kind of fit in the Anime Abandoned Collection, for various reasons.
0: The first of which is Iria, Zerum the Animation. I don't even know what this is, but I don't, just the general vibe of this is like, cool aesthetic.
2: Yeah, this is a six-episode OVA from 1994, uh, produced by Ashi Productions, directed by uh, Tetsuro Amino, who also did uh, Macross 7, so there's some prestige there. It is a very okay series. I personally know it as uh, one of Central Park Media's first DVD releases, which is a about as close to bootleg quality as you can get. Something about the aesthetic of this just seems very cool. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, It's got that mid '90s flair that all the kids love, and this will be its first Blu-ray release anywhere
0: in the world. It it feels like it feels very Battle age Alita, which I think is why it, I think it speaks to me, and why I think a bunch of other people who don't know what it is are like, "Ooh, this is pretty cool." I'll just say it's a very okay series, but uh,
2: yeah, it's gotten a new film scan, leagues above the uh, old CPM DVD, it will have that old Central Park Media dub included, with new subtitles being retranslated. extras are a TVD, depending on, you know, what they can find. Sounds about right. Yeah, and there was a note made, uh, their film scanner source, at Tokyo Laboratory, who does most of the heavy lifting with these uh, film-negative masters, all of these are scanned at 5K, which is pretty good,
0: all things considered, considering it's being shrunk down to standard Blu-ray. But yeah, just something about the general aesthetic of this is just very appealing. And it just look like... This definitely looks like a very good scan. So those 2K scans off of the negatives are... They're no joke, that's the real deal.
2: Mm-hmm. And the other one is a bit of a weird one this one is very interesting a wind named amnesia this is a film from 1990 directed by kazuo yamazaki produced at madhouse it yeah it's it's a it's a very strange take on the whole post apocalyptic dystopia uh, thing that was prevalent throughout the 80s it, it's a weird one. I'll just say that. It, it is a weird one. 80s really were ahead of their time, weren't they? Yeah. And once again, new film, Negative Scan, leagues above the old Central Park Media DVD. Uh, again, first Blu-release anywhere in the world. It will have the old Moggy UK uh, slash Central Park Media dub included. I don't. I don't think we, there was anything said about its release window. I'm, I'm gonna assume it's later this year. It wasn't on the slides.
0: So we're so we gonna talk about the fact that that trailer was
2: very interesting. Yeah. The, the, there was a film scan of the trailer found in this magical vault of magic, but the audio was apparently so bad that they had to the stitch it together after the fact.
0: Yeah, it's just, this is the first time this trailer <laughs> can be seen in this quality, and they just kind of had to do what they could to make a good-looking trailer. So they put in the work for a trailer nobody's really going to give a shit about outside of this this stream. Yeah, they do good stuff. Which, that stream died during this segment, too, which seemed only fitting. <laughs> I'm just going through the thread now to remind yeah. myself what's going on. Yeah. Alright, and that leads us into...
2: More, more lupon! Because after ten thousand minutes of lupon, there's still more to be released. We're getting there. We are getting there. Yes, we are. And we are getting closer to all of them with Lupon the Third Angel Tactics, the seventeenth TV special taking place in Area 51.
0: Oh my god, this looks so fucking two thousands. it hurts. Yep. Just all those just starting to learn how computer things work with animation and it just looks so fucking mm. so 2005. strange. 2005. It looks so strange. Like, there's that one shot in this trailer that looks like a fucking screen. Like, it looks like an old website player screensaver. It's, it's so <laughs> odd.
2: Yeah. Uh, this will be This will be a sub-only deal. But it will have a proper translation this time. Apparently, this was this was just fan translated for a while. Yes, it was fun. Yeah, uh, this was after uh, Funimation didn't have Lupon anymore, and I think also after Genion didn't have it anymore. So it just never got a chance to come over. It just
1: kind of, it
0: just kind of sat out It sat out a vault
2: somewhere. Yeah, but this will be coming uh, later in the year. Cool. We're almost there. We're almost at the end, and so we come to live, live action Stop! Starting with a a very violent
0: film from the year 1974, Bahachi Bushido, the villain. I feel like the film student in me appreciates that these are these obscure Japanese films are getting like proper releases where it's like man I I would show this in a fucking film class and be like man look at this, look at this shit ain't this wild but yeah no this is neat I like the fact that they're like this was the most safe for work clip we could find <laughs> and they couldn't even play all of it they couldn't even play all of it yes sir
2: yeah <sighs> yeah that'll be coming later in the year Along with another film, and I want to pose this question to all you out there. How many of you know of this movie from 1994 called Speed, with uh, Sandra Bullock and everyone's now favorite actor, Keanu Reeves? Quite familiar, actually. I remember Speed. Yeah. Well, did you know that Jan de Bont apparently ripped it off? I'm not surprised to find this out, I'm going to say. He's not an original director, but yes, it all comes back to this film from 1975 called
0: The Bullet Train. Admittedly, it seemed like that was still the style at the time, which was just to rip off other Japanese movies. And yeah, no, this is this is The Premise of Speed. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's just instead of a bus, it's a bullet train and it's the train Slows down, it will blow up. And they had just this was just a movie that just had all of the hottest, like, Japanese cinema stars at the time. It's 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 fucking crazy. Good times all around,
2: but uh, yeah, now you now you can uh take a gander at a pretty fun movie
0: that well got ripped off 20 years later in uh dubious quality. It's also not the Brad, the movie with Brad Pitt that came out last year. That was also very anime. I saw that trailer so many times last year. Never saw the movie, though. I saw like 10 minutes of it waiting for the quintessential quintuplets movie to play. It wasn't bad.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that
0: leads us into...
1: Stop!
0: And that's another one on Lost Thieves. Very likely. Some new Toku thing I've never heard of. That one was a little more likely. And of course, Lupin. which kind of- yeah. Lupin's the free space on the bingo card. Yeah.
2: Although, uh, this one is something that uh, more people would have heard of. And I do have to correct myself from our last Cisco Tech Day thing. I got something wrong. It, it was a long day for me back then. It happens. This! is the true source of Saban's massive writer from 1995, Common Rider Black Rx.
0: I'm glad that Mark... D- that I'm glad that... Mike. I almost said Mark. I'm glad that Mike Dent keeps getting to do more uh, tokusatsu things in collaboration with Discotech Media. He seems like good people. He's also in the mm-hmm. dub of Welcome to Demon School, Irumakun. And he's pretty good at that. He gets a musical number and anything. It's 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 wild. Yep, it is fa- it
2: is uh fantastic. Yes, uh this is going to be a hundred percent Furbus free. So for all you out there hoping for a uh a new release of Savant's Pathspriter, uh that's not gonna happen. Like anytime soon. Oh well. <laughs> but yeah, um it will have all forty-seven episodes in HD, new interviews, it's coming later in the year. That's pretty cool. Now we go from tokusatsu stuff to, uh...
1: CARTOON Cartoon STUFF! stuff.
2: So, what is this, Alex? This one we have here is a bit of a rarity with some uh, questions regarding its legal status. We'll get to that in a moment. For all you olden folk out there, you might remember from back in 1997, there was a show that came in went a little too quickly called The Legend of Calamity Jane.
3: The legend is true. What, tarnation? She's the fastest whip the Wild West has ever seen. Meet Kids WB's newest action all-star, Calamity Jane. And now she's laying down the law and rounding up the dirtiest pack of varmints this side (laughs) of Outlaw County. Who
0: you calling dirty? Yep, the spirit of the Wild West is alive and kicking on Kids WB. There she goes!
1: Yo! The Legend of Calamity
0: Jane premieres today on Kids WB. So I have no idea what this is. This was like, I was a year old at the time. So <laughs> I, I, I think I, this isn't just a, how could you miss this one? I was a baby. Well, this
2: was a co-production between France and the U.S. Between uh, Gangster Production, Contra Ali, and Warner Brothers TV Animation, Set in the 1870s, old, uh, old West thingamajig. It aired on Kids WB in September of 1997,
0: and it was pulled after three episodes. So, like, most of this show literally just never aired here. Nope, but it did air in other countries. And that's where this comes from. So, yeah, I, I, like, I literally have never seen this before, but just looking at that trailer, I'm like, holy shit. This looks incredible and, like, actually really, really gorgeous. So, like, a fucking standard definition Blu-ray, like, this still looks really good. And there's fucking voices like Barbara Scoff, Frank Welker, Clancy Brown, like, like, this. And apparently there was supposed to be a specific person they were supposed to get play- the lead character, and that deal just didn't go through, but they got a really damn good voice match for her. That, that was going to be Jennifer Jason Lee who, um...
2: Yeah, it didn't work out. But yeah, this will have all 13 episodes. There might be some jank, as most of this was sourced from a PAL master and converted to NTSC standards. Yeah, uh, that would make some jank. Yeah, it's coming later in the year, and... Here's where it gets a little head scratching. So there was a Kickstarter a while ago, a while ago, for the show to be released on DVD in various quality. And apparently, somebody named Pico Interactive is the alleged license holder. They say they own the IP, all worldwide rights. And at the moment, Discotech holds a license for Blu-ray. With backers getting info on this sometime soon, and. Apparently, they also have a distribution. Li- Apparently, they also have a distribution license for Invincible of all things. Fucking what? I don't know. I I, I
3: don't know. Uh, basically, uh, if you basically uh, don't wait on this, if you want it,
0: that that seems to be the general impression. Is this one could go really fast because of those shenanigans. So if if you if you're interested in checking out a cool. Action cartoon for the nineties you've probably never seen. That's a f- stars like a lead lady as a cowgirl in the fucking Wild West era. Like that, like that's already needed of itself. This looks fucking cool. Like I, I definitely want to check this out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, between later in the year, along with another show from the nineteen eighties, I believe nineteen eighty seven. I think it's his um. Saber Rider and the Star Sheriffs. I had never
0: heard of this, and this looks fucking great.
3: This one I have heard of, but just imagine.
2: Yeah, this is a Western adaptation of Say Jushi Bismarck, or Star Musketeer Bismarck, a show from Studio Perot from back in
0: 1985.
1: (laughs) I love how the fucking mechs have hats. (laughs) <laughs> they have mech hats.
2: <laughs> yep. This comes to us from a company named World Events Productions, founded in 1980, who did... Uh, WEP. A, cu- a couple of things. Wow, that is literally the same acronym as Wonder Egg Priority, WEP. Yeah. Apparently, uh, yeah, this is, the same, this, this is the same company who uh, cobbled together Voltron back in the 80s.
0: Uh, that does not surprise me.
2: Yeah, and it has uh, a bit of an interesting cast list. Uh, the main guy is voiced by Rob Paulson, so that's fun.
3: What? I actually missed that. Holy shit.
2: Remember, this was around the same time as uh, TMNT premiered in 1987, so... Oh shit, yeah, you're he right. He would have been doing the work.
0: And, of course, fucking Peter
2: C- Peter Cullen. Peter Cullenton here. And apparently, as uh, one of this character is named Fireball Hikari... The original name in Japanese is Shinji Hikari.
0: Shut the fuck up! No yeah, way! Yeah, no. no way! Are you, fucking, yeah. are you fucking
1: serious?
2: Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and apparently Peter Cullen is doing a John Wayne voice for his character.
1: <gasps> oh,
2: Amazing.
1: I need this now.
0: I know Hardy was telling me that this one was his childhood, so I... Oh, man. Yep. Wow, that's oh man. Incredible.
1: Yep. Fun extras
2: will be included, their worst not mine, and it'll be coming out later in the year.
1: hmm
0: So the next couple of announcements, they basically fully admitted and said, we are re-announcing some things that we yes. announced a while back, but they took way longer than we were expecting. So just to let you guys know, these are almost done. These are still coming out. Let's just g- give the people a refresher. <laughs> yeah.
2: First, the first of this was was called a uh,
1: important announcement.
2: As you do, Kuroshashi Season Two is finally almost ready. It will be a sub only set with a lot of subtitles,
0: and it'll be coming out in the spring. I do not envy the work these people have to do. I truly truly don't. Yeah. Mm. And to go with that, also,
1: also finally, finally, almost finally almost ready. ready, ready, ready.
0: Metabots. The Japanese version of Metabots. The show where all your favorite animators and yeah. animation people worked on it.
2: Just 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 go watch Jeff's video for a deep dive on it. It's uh, crazy. This will be an SD release. Uh, the video quality is bad of its time <laughs> it's the best they can find mm. uh the sequel series is still coming soon uh this one will be due in the spring
0: oh man i'm just watching the video right now mm. look at look at all that fucking feathering on the sides wow yeah it's one of those
2: okay and for some uh regular releases here no echo effect st- this time gal Gygar final I like how there's an epilepsy warning on this because it's Galgai Thank you. Uh, yeah, it'll be just as packed as the Gaukaigar release. It'll be coming in April. I would love to watch this show. I kind of can't. I have a history of concussions, which has given me very enhanced light sensitivity. And flashing strobe lights is a
0: no-go for me. That would do it. And that sucks.
1: Sorry to
0: hear that. Worst case scenario, if you want to support this cool release, you could. You just kind of have to put it like in a shoe box under your bed. Yeah. Ooh, wow, yeah, okay. I, I actually hadn't watched yeah. this all the way, but there's there's one thing I was like, even for me, I was like, oh wow, yeah, I could I could I could see it. Yeah, it's um
1: it's bad
2: again. I liked I, I would like to watch this show. For the sake of my safety, I kind of can't. I'm a little annoyed at that. But we move on with another uh, announcement here. Aim for the Ace the Movie, coming later in the year for the first time ever in the U.S. with a new HD Master.
0: Very cool. That is very cool indeed. I'm glad that they are releasing more of this because, you know, sports shojo stuff is pretty neat. And yeah, glad they're giving another one of this a chance. That's pretty rad.
2: Hmm. All right, now for the next big announcement.
0: The chart slide. This very important chart slide that Mike just straight-up fully admitted that he had a fucking pre-made template and he just kept the slide <laughs> in. <laughs> it's fun. But now we go to...
1: Project Echo, The final, the final update. update!
0: But you need to let the people know that there's a 20% share of watermelon and a 10% default slush puppy flavor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And to go with that, uh, Project
0: ACO 4 has finally has been pushed back for some new cover artwork that needs to get approved. That's all. It's, they're almost done with ACO. They're almost done. And it, I feel like they're still. If you're wondering where all the extras were, they kind of front loaded it already. I'm not sure what else they could really add to these. They've got it yeah. in the kitchen sink and then some. Yeah. And from there we go to the Ultimate,
1: Ultimate muscle, muscle Update! update.
2: There is one. Yes, and it's been pushed back a bit to fix some uh, video master issues. Remember, this is sourced from 20-year-old broadcast tapes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Somebody at Fox just did not bother digitizing all those tapes. Shame on them.
1: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody really cares about media preservation, especially nowadays. Uh, all right, and from there we go to the
1: April, April releases. releases,
2: of which we have Gunbuster, we talked about that last time, uh, Saint Tale, the Japanese version of Sonic X, the live-action film Suicide Club, and gal gar Final.
0: Yeah, no, that's a pretty good slate. Stain's Tail, Gal Sonic X, and especially Gunbuster, which is kind of a must buy at this point. I just need to pre order it proper. I'm glad yeah. that one's doing very well for them, and the team at Studio. Ca- uh, sa- oh, oh. Sound Cadence. Sound Cadence. God, my fucking brain. Ugh. Anyways, Sound Cadence does fantastic work. And I love supporting all the new dubs and stuff that they keep putting out. Which reminds me, I gotta fucking pre-order the uh, new Fist of the North Star thing. Because I think that Same. comes out this month. Oh, and as a uh,
2: reminder! reminder! If you want more
0: Japanese subtitle shows, buy them.
2: They take a lot of time and cost a lot of money to make them happen.
0: They also objectively sell less than just the English dub counterparts of them. Like that—that's just a fact. So buy them, so the demand is there. And honestly, Sonic X is one I was—I was an obnoxious Sonic fanboy back in the day on the internet. I saw those Japanese Sonic X clips and thought, "Wow, this was better." <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was I, those. That's sort of the. I didn't have a chuny Bo fast. My, I don't regret my Chunibyo past. I regret my past where I got into arguments on the internet about which Sonic voice actors were better. That's my dark past. Hmm.
2: Well then, uh, there is one, one more thing,
1: thing for, thing for April. April:
2: The first TV set of
0: Urusei So, this is Urusei Yatsura. This is the show? Yes. It's more or less just the show.
2: Yeah, there are no extra materials, mostly because
0: nobody knows who owns said materials. Yeah, it's. I think it's fifty percent. They don't know who has rights to which certain things, and fifty percent Urusei Yatsura is a very protective IP and something that Rumiko Takahashi has a lot of influence and say over what does and doesn't get by them. Yeah. I think that little detail is why I think the Sentai dub of Ursei Yatsura has yet to come out yet. Yeah. I'd imagine that's probably a factor at play now that I know that. Yeah.
2: Uh as far as the the main show goes, last time I checked Warner Brothers Japan was the main uh distributor of the show. I don't know if that's changed hands since then. A lot of this information is hard to come by. Mm. Yeah, that's coming out in April as well over here, which is uh, very cool. Now it's time for some English, English dub
1: talk. Yeah, yeah, we
0: we have we have some thoughts about that. Oh no, I lost the d- dub the discotech thread. Shit, I have a link in here. Okay, cool. Let me pull that back up yeah, again. Yeah,
2: because we because we had a bit of a preview for something that sounded a little it is well actually it's it's a little bit new and a little bit old a little bit of both worlds and Kaiser versus the Great General of Darkness all you mecha
0: fanboys are creaming your pants right now so this is specifically I think this is is this a Go Nagai thing? I think this is a Go Nagai thing
1: I'm pretty sure yeah okay
0: so this one is interesting because this is apparently there was a 7 episode OVA that was like a thing and this is apparently a sort of what if in regards to that thing and I'm pulling this up so we're going to talk about the fact that this is kind of like an alternate universe relating to that version of the OVAs where it's kind of connected, but also kind of not, and that is getting a brand new English dub from Coach of Sound, Brittany Lauda's uh, dubbing studio. So, as far as the main ensemble cast, uh, the main characters, uh, A.J. Beckles is going to be playing Kochi Kabuto, Uh, Kaylee Mills is Sayaka Yumi, Cameron Nakad is the Great General of Darkness, Brent Mukai is boss, and Dr. Mori Mori is being played by Patrick Seitz. This has a pretty big ensemble cast consisting of actors like Frank Dodaro, Chris Guerrero, Mike McFarlane, Ben Balmaceda, Charlie Campbell, Sean Gann, Brooke Chalmers, Haley Lauda, Michael Center, Nicholas. We're going to get to that in particular. Jalen Gassell, Cassie Uwalu, Melly Grant, Jade Saxton, and Morgan Lurray, Matthew David Rudd, and Austin Six, Kevin Thuwell, Heath Silverstein, Michelle Rojas, Chris Abbott, Brittany Lauda, Alex Mai, Matt Chipman, just to name a few. So I'm going to pull up a thread from our director, Brittany Lauda, in particular, about this dub and how she chose to tackle dubbing and casting this one in particular. Turbo Smasher pumped to have produced and directed the dub for Moss and Kaiser versus the great general darkness for Discotech. The cast and crew are amazing, but our fans who know can we talk about that soundtrack? Yes, it's on Spotify Playlist now. Deciding how to tackle this project was tough. It's a legendary franchise, and we want to have to honor that while giving it its own touch, but without reinventing the wheel. I could make an entire separate dub using the alts we got on names to match old dubs. Some folks have asked about reprisals, and after researching the different continuities... I came to understand that while this was closest in timeline to the Mazen Kaiser OVA series, it has some divergences that don't quite fit completely into that timeline. Still, if we were to reprise cast members, the closest match would be from the ADV cast. However, most of those actors are no longer active at all. So we decided to honor the dub by having the ADV dub director, Charlie Campbell, come on board on our dub for a few roles. He voices Dr. Sewashi in the original OVA and reprises his role as that character here. And if we were honoring previous iterations, we couldn't forget a nod to Michael Center Nicholas, director of Mazinger Z Infinity. Also, aside from being kick ass directors who previously worked on the franchise, both Charlie and Michael are awesome actors I love to work with. So, basically, new continuity, but brought the directors of previous works on for these projects and even want to reprise a prior character this is cool i'm definitely going to pick this one up yeah, that's cool it is a very cool thing we're now at the
2: point where 2003 fits the criteria of being modern retro and i don't know how to feel about that
0: well you're gonna have to feel very conflicted about that i do feel conflicted about that
2: Right, and that leads us to, as uh, every kid's uh, favorite anime character, Columbo, says, Just 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 one one more more
0: thing. thing. And I gotta say, this is a pretty damn good Just One More. Yeah. Re-Cutie Honey.
2: The 2004 OVA series from Gainax with Chief Director Hideaki Anno at the helm. They got it.
0: I'd like to give a shout-out to Lost Thief in particular, who in his tweet of predictions, threw out re-cutie honey as very unlikely, and then immediately responded, how the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: And uh, two notes. This is a three-episode OVA series with three very distinct directors. Masayuki,
0: Nayuki Ito and Hiroyuki Imaishi. I fucking know Imaishi's goddamn chaotic, horny style when I fucking see it. Yeah.
2: This has also been Astro Res to a perfect 24p, 24 frames per second.
0: Oh, it looks so good.
2: And it has a new English dub. Oh,
0: man, we're going to have to talk about that <laughs> because.
2: And, and yes, just in case any of you were a bit afraid that, that it wasn't going to happen, don't worry. To guy's hand-picked choice as Honey Kitsaraki Jessica Calvello is back.
0: Courtesy of uh, one Marissa Lenti, who is on the project as, I believe, a assistant director and script supervisor and helps with casting stuff. The rabbit hole is so, so fucking deep. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so first things first, let's go into the general cast regarding this. So... As we've established, Jessica Calvello is back as the role of the titular Honey Kitsuragi, Cutie Honey. Uh, also in the cast is uh, playing the role of Natsuko Aki is Natalie Van Sistine, who we've mentioned is your mm-hmm. your Briar in Spy Family. Wayne Grayson is Seiji Hayami, who you'll know as fucking Joey Wheeler. God damn it. Uh Marissa Lenti is going to be playing Sister Jill. And that is a reprisal from the Cutie Honey Universe dub. I'm not even done yet. Uh, Also featured in this dub, Kaylee McKees, uh, Erica Schroeder, Tara Langela, Alex Himora, Christine Auten, Bryn April, Morgan Larray, Crystal Laporte, Alex Cazares, Tony Oliver playing a fucking Lupin parody character, Josh (laughs) Greel, Mike Pollock, David Wald and Pam Daughtry. And... Okay, let's... So, this is being directed by David Wald. He's being (laughs) assisted by Marissa Lenti and Rai McKeed. David Wald is notable because he was the director of the dub Cutie Honey Universe at Sentai. And now I'm just going to pull up this whole fucking thread Marissa Lenti... Wrote which
2: I think we should go over the supporting cast as well because did I miss the supporting cast? Fuck me, yeah. I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. I got it. So, yeah, we have a supporting cast here, including uh, David Wald, Scott Gibbs, Brenda Pill, Monica Rial, they're doing more uh, roles, uh, Jamie Gray, Hayden Daviao, Cassie Iwulu, Bryce Papenbrook, Christina V, Brett Weaver, Lucy Christian. And many more additional voices, including uh, Corinne Sundberg, Megami33, Dylan Mobley, uh, Ashley Zirin, Marissa Duran, Tristan Bonner, Alex Mai, Ben Bombacida, Kevin, C- Kevin D. Selwell, there are a lot of names here, Jade Saxton, Anastasia Munoz, Morgan LeRae, Caitlin Barr, K. C. Iwulu, already said her name. I think. Yeah, yeah. Amber Lee Connors, Christina V, Chris Laporte, Lucy Christian, Hayden Devial, Brett Weaver, Bryce Papenbrook, Buddin Blaber, and Monica Rial. A lot of people are doing a lot of voices in here. And, and it's, it's only, only three, three episodes. episodes.
0: Okay. I need to look at this fucking thread. So I remember talking to Lenty way back when, especially in regards to conversation about the new Fist of the North Star, which had a couple of voice actor cameos and reprisals and mentioning that in the in the past, I think. The mentioning now that they have more people that they know and more people that they could get a contact with. What if getting more stuff like this, they would want to do more like voice actor cameos and reprisals whenever possible. So let's go over this whole fucking thread of all the cameos.
2: <laughs> how how deep does the donut hole truly go? You're about to find out.
0: It goes so deep. So first thing first. Erica Schroeder returns from the live-action Cutie Honey dub as Scarlet Club. Scarlet Claw, which I didn't even know there was a New York-based dub of the live-action Cutie Honey series?
2: Yeah, apparently so. Uh, The movie. Yes, live-action Cutie Honey movie. Yes, the movie, which was also directed by Heiakiano.
0: So, (laughs) Rinko is a reference to a Keko Common character and shares her voice who plays Rinko in this again uh sure somebody anyways um uh C- Christine Auten Christine Auten so Christine Auten is reprising a Keiko common character who she had played previously uh Mayumi shares a design with her Cutie Honey Universe's Natsuko and also her voice cuz in Cutie Honey Universe, Bryn April was the voice of Natsuko, but because this is a very different version of Natsuko, they decided to cast a new person for the character and went with Natalie Vanceen, but both Natsuko and Seiji in the Cutie Honey Universe dub, Bryn April and Scott Gibbs are both in this dub as well. Tony Oliver did the huge honor of being the character wearing the Lupin jacket, Mike Pollock plays half of the Buddy Cop duo, just like in the live-action dub. David Wald's reprising Dr. Keats Rocky from Cutie Honey Universe, as well as directing the dub, just like he did in there. Wayne Grayson played Seiji in the live-action. So he's Uh reprising the character from the live-action Cutie Honey dub. Yep. And Marissa Lenti plays Sister Jill in Cutie Honey Universe, and is reprising the character in Re-Cutie Honey. In Japanese, the Henshins are Seiji and Natsuko's VAs. Oh, it's even deeper than that. Seiji and Natsuko from the Cutie Honey Universe dub are playing these two characters that, in Japanese, are played by Seiji and Natsuko's VAs. Uh (laughs) The newscaster is a cameo of Mayumi from Keiko Kamen and shares their voice, which is why that's Monica Rial. And Akira and Miki... Have their voices from Cyborg 009 versus Devilman. Is that why Bryce Pappenbrook and Christina Yes,
2: that, that is Bryce Pappenbrook as Akira and Christina V as Miki from that movie.
1: Oh my fucking god. Yeah. Wait, isn't that the same person who played Miki? Isn't that the same person who played Miki from Devilman
0: Cry Baby 2?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah Christina, yeah
0: greatest scene of playmaking but ever versions. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I didn't even realize that one. Oh and this was yep. a, and this was another one that was pointed out to Lenti. Uh, Brett Weaver as Shingo is a reference to him also having once played Devil Man's Akira. The designs are similar enough. Shingo's never had a voice before. Lucy Christian joins him as Sayuri as one of the actors who's co-starred with him more most often. There's even more references than that, but I'm just going to let people figure those out on their own. Oh, my God. Pretty deep, huh?
1: I don't even follow the Cutie
0: Honey fandom shit, but, like, this is an unbelievable level of deep cuts on a brand new product that already sounds fucking fantastic. Hey, anime studio, uh, anime licensor companies, y'all should fucking hire Soundcaden Studios to do your shit. Even if you mm-hmm. want to be stubborn, let them do your shit. They do some wild experimental and very fun doves. Literally, like, how do I put this? In the same way, discotech would go out of their way to, to get a bunch of obscure shit nobody would even think to look for. Mercer and the people at Soundcated Studio do a bunch of very deep cut obscure shit that I don't think anybody else would really go the extra mile to even try. Like, who would think of half of these? Yeah, apparently Soundcated. Apparently yep. sound cadence. And that's and why you, should, you should let them dub whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> bless them for it. Yeah,
2: that's a bit of a high note to go out on.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I, that, that, I, was, <laughs> that was a strong finale. And I know I'm partial to them dubbing new stuff, and they dubbed two cool, really new things. And God the fuck. Yeah, I this has been the cutie honey thing I've been hearing for years is the cutie honey thing you should watch. Like, mm-hmm. f- like, even if I hear a lot of mixed things about some of the other q and stuff, this is the one I've always been told, this is the good one. And considering I love the the fucking Trigger guys, I love Imaishi, this seems like something I owe to myself to watch. Yep. And definitely support when this comes out.
2: Yep. Very
0: good. Yeah.
2: I took some notes on the Q&A. Uh, Q&A notes, no echo this time. Uh, because, yeah, there are some things we have to go, we have to uh, just take note of. In regards to Orisianthra Beautiful Dreamer, it is temporarily out of print. There are issues with its licensing deal in Japan. It will come back later. Do not pay scalper prices for it. Mm. Be patient, it will come back. Somebody asked about the unreleased slash lost uh, ghost stories episodes. Uh, Nobody has that episode. So it's lost, lost and possibly also unfinished rip. Yeah. Look it up on the um, uh, lost media wiki. If you want uh, more details on that thing, it's kind of weird. Uh, The measure video quality. It is of its time. It was the style at the time. Yeah. 20 bucks in the ham sandwich. Uh, somebody asked about a dub for Crotochus Season 2. Uh, no. G- give the people a break. It's an insane project. Moving on. Uh, somebody asked about the Aco versus OVA series. Nobody knows who has
0: it. Lordy. I, yeah. I think it's also very clear at this point that while Discotech is able to dub things... I think at this point, it's very clear that doing a 12-episode TV series or any more than that is extremely taxing on them. The things that they, they do produce dub for are, like, movies and, like, shorter-in-length ovas. Yeah, we're talking, like, 50-something yeah. episodes. Tall order. Oh, wow, that's... that's a deep-sunk... Cost for like even the major studios, that's yeah, there's no way they were going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody asked about there being more Conan, uh, no plans yet. Ask TMS, it, TMS is going to give them more Coban
1: at some point.
2: Yeah, uh, there's sadly still no news on Canadian distribution, it, it's just the the deals of business. Uh, and there is still more
0: from the vault to come. It's very clear. I, I, it's very clear that there's definitely more in that vault. But God, what the fuck even was in that vault? Like, it's, the fact that there's still more weird shit in there is crazy. We shall find out in due time. Yeah, that's a strong end to a discotheque day.
2: Yes, it was. <sighs> and with that.
0: It's ten o'clock and we're done. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. So let's end this now because it's about to be ten o'clock. Like right now, we, there's only yeah. two minutes left. So yeah, this is the okay. time that we gotta we gotta do it now. We gotta call it out. Gotta Any do it now. Any
2: final words before we head out of here?
0: There's no time. There's no time. The
3: clock's gonna run out. everything's gonna go? Everything's gonna blow. We gotta we gotta, we gotta end this now.
2: Fair enough. So. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you for listening to this, this, this the podcast. LNA. We hope we'll come back next time for uh, I'm sure there's going to be something happening something getting announced but uh, yeah we'll do that. So thanks for listening we'll, and until then uh, go insert whatever team you want to root for here. Oh no I it's
1: guess. 10
0: o'clock. we got to push the button now.
1: Bye!